Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of Stationary Freaks with myself, Rob Lambert and of course... Me, Helen Lazowski. How you doing then, Helen? I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm quite looking forward to this. I'm going to have to cut a lot of what I say out, I think. I've got so much to say. Me too. And today's topic is, of course, how to take better notes. Um, and of course, we're going to talk about how to do that with stationery, I hope. Anyway, unless you're a, a digital note taker, are you, Helen? No, not at all. So I, I've i tried, and I know you have as well, because at one point we were both testing out each other's systems electronically. It just doesn't do it for me. It really doesn't. No, me neither. And I think we'll we'll probably talk about some of those things as we go through. So I think as we go through this podcast, one of the things that we should sort of lay out for the audience right now is we might switch around contexts a little bit. So, you know, there's different note taking contexts, such as in meetings, in our own personal lives. And of course, you know, maybe when we're out and about as well. So we'll keep sort of coming back to some of these contexts in a little bit more detail later. But Helen, why is it important to take notes? Okay, so I literally now, as I've got older and older, sounds like I've gone a long way, but I my, <laughs> I don't remember things anywhere near. I don't. I I think it's this world that we live in. Everything can be looked up in a moment's notice. You can Google anything pretty much. I mean, obviously, other search engines are available, but I think that that's part of our problem, isn't it? Is the fact that we don't retain information in the way that perhaps we used to as humans. We used to, to retain information much better, and I think. Now everybody writes things down if they want to remember them. I mean, everybody, I, you, write things down if you want to remember them. So I think that's where it comes from. What about you? I think as well, yeah. I mean, everything's on your fingertips. So I've been working with the kids doing the homeschooling and everything's a sort of search engine, other search <laughs> engines. Um, everything's a search engine away. And, and it's sort of, I guess in a way, it's really powerful and it's good. But at the same time, I think it's, you can see it in my kids, it's sort of devoid of having to sort of take your own notes and digest it and sort of crunch it and assimilate it into your own head. And I think that's really why I take notes. And I'm a little bit inspired by field notes, you know, the, the stationary brand field notes. And um, I think their tagline used to be, I don't know whether it still is, something along the lines of, I'm not writing it down to remember it later. I'm writing it down to remember it now. And for me, that's the key thing is when I write stuff down, I remember it. When I don't write it down and I maybe clip it to Evernote or one of these other tools, it just doesn't sit in my head anymore. And, and for me, that's why note taking is so important, that sort of I, essence of writing it. So I'm remembering it in the moment as I write it. Absolutely. I don't write things down. It's not for the remembering of it. It's so that I understand it in a way that it relates to all the other things that I also know. So it's to... I write it down in so that I can join it up to all the other things that I know and it has a place in my understanding rather than just to remember that this thing happens. So does that that's kind of what you were saying, isn't it? I want to I want to know it now rather than remember it later. Yeah, definitely. And and there's two sort of stark examples that I see. Uh, my kids have spelling tests every week and when I encourage them or make them <laughs> write out the spellings three times for each spelling, they score really well on their spelling tests. And when we don't do that, when we have a sort of lapse in the program, so to speak, they don't do so well. And that writing, I think, you know, and there's some strong science around this, yeah. that it actually ties to memory. And the other example is if I'm going food shopping, obviously, outside of a pandemic, if I write down the food list, I'm pretty much don't have to refer to that list when I get to the supermarket, quick glance at the end, maybe missed one or two things. If my wife writes it down, and I take the list, 
I'm all over the place, you know, I'm back and forth, I've missed stuff. And that's another example that I found in my own life where actually writing things down is is so much more powerful. Yeah, I, I write things down because my husband does the shopping and bless him, if I didn't write it down, we'd have the most weird collection of things. So it works <laughs> for me too, but differently. So that's great too. Genius, genius. <laughs> so um, one of the other reasons that I actually quite like to write, and this is um, sort of specific really, I guess, to the context of meetings or actually sometimes at conferences and me and you are big fans of going to conferences is you can actually sort of write at a slower pace than typing and you've seen these people you've been at a conference haven't you where somebody's bashing away on a keyboard yeah and there's a couple of things that's wrong with this for me is one it's it's really annoying because (laughs) all you can hear is them typing away on the keyboard and then the second thing is they're actually often transcribing what's been said rather than thinking it and sort of digesting it and then putting it into your own words. And I think there's a there's a solid bit of learning that goes on there rather than just transcribing everything that's said. What do you think? I, I agree. I mean, I partly I'd like to say that's probably a little bit of a, a failure on behalf of the person who's giving the talk. If you're giving a talk at a conference, you want all your sort of snappy takeaway pieces on a slide so people can just take a photo <laughs> because that's actually the best way to yeah. do it. Exactly that. I lo- I There is something about writing it down that allows you to, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, you're right, there is science behind it, but I can't remember whether it's the slower nature of having to write the word or if it's the fact that you're physically connecting it with the thought that you're having in the, the moment in time. I, I don't know what it is, but it's definitely something you remember more if you write it. And I think as well, particularly if you're in a meeting and you're in an office environment, um, having your laptop open is just rude as well. I mean, oh, it's like, yeah, no, you know, it's you're really sat there awful. going, are you, are you on Facebook or are you doing your emails? And <laughs> I think as well, once you, I mean, I've, we've worked together for a long time. Yeah. There was a company that we both worked at a while back, won't say who it was. And every meeting you'd have people with their laptops open and they were actually genuinely doing email during the meetings because there was no other time to do it. They're clearly not paying attention. So there's there's lots of reasons why actually getting away from the electronic note-taking is actually a positive thing, certainly in the context of work. And certainly, again, in meetings, keyboards are just annoying, you know, someone bashing away. I mean, it's a clear sign that you're not really listening. For me, that's one of my big struggles is, never mind the keyboard issue, it's that desire to immerse myself in the story. I want to sit back and, and listen and understand and think about what's going on, which is... Trying to write notes whilst I'm doing that can often pull me away from that. So we, I think we should talk about that later as well, because that that exactly what, what those people on, on laptops are doing in those events too, they're pulling themselves out of the story and not experiencing the sort of the work that you want to get done in favour of potentially taking notes, potentially doing their Facebook, and they're missing it. So I think that that's part of the problem too with note taking. Digital tools have their place as well. I mean, we both use digital tools for a lot of stuff. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that at the end because this is really about stationery. So we've sort of covered, you know, why we take notes to remember, mm. to be in the moment, to actually think about it rather than transcribing. And of course, we're stationery freaks. So we like the feel of a pen or a pencil <laughs> on some paper. That's the real reason. Yeah, exactly. So, let, I mean, let's talk about what do you do? So let's let's pick a, a couple of contexts because actually I think there's a, there's a few differences that we might see as we go through this. So let's say you're in a meeting or a conference because I consider them almost the same sort of thing. What do you actually do? What's your note-taking process? So this has come about from trial and an awful lot of error because I am only adequate now at note-taking, but I used to be dreadful. So my first thing I used to try and do was take all the notes of everything that was going on. And that's just not the point. 
if you're in a conference, you don't want to be doing that. There's usually recordings of the, of the talks, so you don't need to do that. If you're in a meeting, you're not there to take minutes. So that's the first thing I did was I prep before a meeting or a conference so that I have, certainly for meetings, that I have an idea of questions, points that I want to cover. Whether or not they're questions I want to raise or things I want to make sure somebody has talked about, I make sure that I've got them down and I leave big spaces underneath them so that I can write the sort of nuances of what actually got discussed in there. Um, and I use icons a lot. So I have icons. So um, a question mark with a circle around it for me is make sure you ask this question. And it, I to put a tick through it once that's done so that I have a record. And again, if, if, if there's an action that comes out, that's a big A with a circle around it. If there's something I particularly love, it's a heart. If there's you know feedback that I need to give somebody, I'll capture that. So all of those things I have little icons for. So my pages are quite empty and quite spaced apart. And there's icons everywhere. So those are kind of some of the things that I've done. I also confess, I need to make a confession. As a stationary freak, this is not really surprising. So I run two notebooks. So I run a notebook for taking notes and it's untidy and it's not disciplined and it is literally of the now. And then I have my bullet journal, which is where I capture the stuff that I've got to do. And yeah, whether that's projects or just to-do lists. It works for me. What about you? Well, I knew you'd have a bullet journal somewhere in there. So... <laughs> Always, my life is a bullet yeah. journal. Uh, I'm sort of, I don't know, I guess a little bit OCD with this, as I think we both are in our own ways. I have three rules for note-taking. I know it sounds ridiculous to have rules for note-taking, but these, like you say, these are sort of tried and tested over the years. These are things that we've maybe fine-tuned. And for me, this this works really well. And I'll confess, I've got four different notebooks, which we'll come to in a minute. <laughs> um, but the three rules that I sort of try to apply where. 100% possible isn't always the case, but I try to apply these. And rule number one is to have a different notebook for each use, which we'll cover in a minute, hence there's four different notebooks. And then rule number two is to always use the same legend or key or labeling system like you've got. Mine's very yeah. similar indeed. And that makes it consistent. I can pick up any notebook and I know exactly what each of the notes mean. And then rule number three is sort of a combination of two things. And this is really the first one, which is to make everything 60-day proof, and I'm sure you've heard me mention that before. Yeah. And we'll explain it to the listeners in a minute. And part of that same rule is also this acronym called COIK, C-O-I-K, which means clear only if known. That's important if my notes are going to be shared with somebody else. I have to make it clear and assume that maybe they don't know the jargon or the shortcuts or the language that I've chosen to use. So for me, I've ended up with a few different notebooks. The first one is a learning notebook. I don't know whether you have an analog learning notebook. And this is essentially where I've been through my personal knowledge management system, which we may do a podcast on in the future. <laughs> and the things that I want to actually crunch, I actually want to learn, I actually want to you know, store and use and reread and you know, revisit in the future well, that goes into a very posh Ted Baker notebook, which a friend of ours, Ria, she bought me that yeah. um, for my birthday a few years back. And so that's a very sort of physical analog version of a learning notebook, basically. The second one is if I'm doing brainstorming or I'm making meeting notes, then I will use an A4 yellow legal pad. Just that real estate, the color, the lines, everything about it just screams doodle you know, draw, brainstorm, that sort of stuff. Uh, I know you're a fan, so yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all, actually. Yeah, I've got hundreds of those. The boys have started using them as well, which is, you know, oh, I feel quite good about that. So, <laughs> um, and then I do a lot of films. So for my other business, I make lots of films. So I actually have a notebook dedicated to the video ideas. 
So this is maybe storyboards, you know, story arcs, uh, shot lists, that kind of stuff. And for me, that's like a little project notebook from Paper Chase, actually. And then I've got an out and about capture as well, which is just a little pocket notebook, a little black on a red one. Uh, that's the brand, by the way. And, and that just sits in my pocket with a pen. And that's just for doodling stuff. So for me, that's the four notebooks. And the legend, the key, the labeling, whatever you want to call it, is pretty similar to yourself. I use an A for action. I use an I for ideas. So maybe come up with a new blog idea or a new conference talk. B is for blog. And this is actually, you know, posts that I actually definitely want to post. As a manager, leader, working in business, I have uh, an O plus F. This sounds complicated <laughs> for an observed piece of feedback. So if I've seen somebody do something uh, positive or negative, I maybe want to give them some feedback. So that's where I make that note as well. Yeah. Um, and as for the 60 day proof, it's very simple. You just write stuff so that in 60 days time, it'll still make sense. I mean, surely, Helen, you've made some notes and you've looked at them and thought, what the heck is that about? Yeah, we've, we've talked about your 60-day proof, but I have to be honest, I have to remember what I was talking about if it was next week. Um, and so I tend to write it and assume that I won't know because I won't know. So there has yeah. to be enough information. And I will often put down something like an email so that I can go and look for the email that had all that information in because I won't remember and I'm shockingly bad at it. That's that information retention again. It's busy life though, isn't it? You know, there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> and I think it's got busier. I don't know. There just seems to be this sort of massive deluge of just stuff. I think everyone's sort of trying to become a productivity ninja and all this sort of nonsense that you, you read about. And I genuinely think people are just consuming so much more information. There's just stuff coming from everywhere. Um, so do you have like a, I guess, a ritual or a process or a ceremony of some sort where you sort of take time out to process your notes? Because... I mean, it's all well and good capturing loads of notes, but then what do you do with them? Yeah, so I have a sort of, it's kind of like a ritual from years ago, years and years ago, which was that idea of an Abraham Lincoln story about sharpening the saw. If he had, um, you know, eight hours to cut a tree down, he'd spend seven of them sharpening the saw and only an hour cutting the tree because my sharp saw wouldn't take very long. So I spend time in the morning, every morning, just getting my head around what have I got to do today? What did I learn yesterday? And I tend to dovetail that now with uh, something at the end of the day where I say, if everything that I've done today, what do I need to make sure is ready for tomorrow? So that's where I do that note processing. Part of what I do when I finish a meeting is to transcribe any actions, move feedback. I mean, I said I've only got two notebooks. I've actually at least got three because I have one for all my staff. Um, feedback and information and so all of this stuff goes between the notebooks so that it has a more permanent place so I have the kind of messy place where the work actually happens effectively and then the more pretty places like the bullet journal and the one-to-one -one notepad that I put all that stuff in so my process like everything basically just ends up in Evernote for me so as much as I use analog note taking methods when it comes to sort of uh, retrieval of notes which I think is a very important part of note taking is being able to find things for me Evernote it just you know it just works I basically take a snapshot of it and of course Evernote if you've got the premium it actually scans the text and you can actually search within pictures and images of text which is very powerful it's pretty pretty cool little tool um, i mean evernote now is looking a bit clunky it's um certainly slowed down it's certainly not got quite the reputation it used to but it still pretty much works for me i've been an evernote user and i again that electronic thing but that idea of being able to find stuff afterwards i think that's fundamentally the problem 
or one of the fundamental problems with note taking is that people don't know how to capture the information that they've they've got in their notes and move them. So I I would even in my working notebook, so even in the messy, horrible live action place, I will always write the title of the meeting and the date so that when it comes and I make it big and I put a box around it or whatever so it stands out on the page. This is not just meeting notes. This is this is the start of the meeting so that when I need to come back and go, hey, didn't we talk about that the other day? I can flip back and I can actually have the, you know, stand a hope in hell of finding it. Um, so I because I think that not being able to find stuff afterwards is why people stress with notes. They take these notes and then they can't find stuff afterwards. I don't get on with Evernote and I certainly wouldn't upload everything like you do. But I'm quite visual. So for me, if I have written a title and the date and I've, I don't know, you know, only done it a week or so previously, I can flip back and find it usually because I have an image of that, what I'm looking for in my head. And there is this sort of concept that you tie memories to dates. And there are many, many systems for cataloging uh, analog type stuff, index cards and all that sort of stuff. And a lot of them are based on dates because we actually remember the date more than we do the thing that happened, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. And so you're sort of like, oh, when was that meeting with Bob and, you know, Sarah and, and Ranji? And you're sort of like, oh, that was October and, you know, Monday. Ah, there we go. For me, Evernote, it's clunky, it's messy, but adding tags, doing all that sort of stuff and then archiving them into folders, it just sort of, it works with the way my brain kind of works. That's fundamentally it, isn't it, really? If it works for you, then it works for you. So that's great. Yeah, but let's, I mean, let's be honest, um, this has taken me years to get to this point. And I, <laughs> I still tweak it and change it. Um, and yeah, maybe we should do an episode on sort of personal knowledge management, which is sort of like almost like an extension of what we're talking about here today. So Helen, we've talked about, you know, why we might want to capture notes from meetings, yeah. conferences, out and about, you name it, wherever. We've talked about some of the ways in which we do that in terms of the physical stuff, the notebooks, and obviously we're going to maybe talk about pens in a bit. What sort of style of note taking do you use? You know, there's loads of different ways to actually take notes. So let's say you're at a conference and you're watching a great presenter and you really want to make some notes you a sketch noter are you a mind mapper you know what kind of things do you do no so I'm not a sketch noter although I'd love to be um I do doodle uh, which ironically does help me uh, remember exactly what I'm doing so when I can look back at a page that's got doodles all over it my brain will immediately be back in the room at that time and I'll remember all the nuances that went on but when I'm writing actual notes at a conference if it's a really absolutely top talk I usually put my pen down and I will just listen because the story for me is infinitely more valuable than anything I can write down about it. So experiencing the story means I will remember it because that's how I work. But when it, you know, if it's just, just brilliant, not amazing, I will take notes and I usually take notes um, in bullet point form and usually three or four words. So I don't even write whole sentences. I've got all sorts of abbreviations. So, you know, I don't ever write T-I-O-N. I don't ever write, you know, I-N-G, all of those things. So when reading it back is quite, you you have to concentrate a little bit, but that's, you know, that's not the point, is it? Yeah, that's true. What about in sort of other situations? Do you use any other styles or are you pretty much a sort of bullet pointer? As I said, if it's a, a meeting or a, a presentation type thing, there will be, I'll have done the prep for it because I know what I want to cover and I know what I want to co- make sure is, is covered, whether I do it or somebody else does. So I do make sure that there are um, the sort of topics that I want to cover and I've left room to keep notes in there. So, but again, I'm very short with the the number of words and it's about reminding myself of the idea because it'll take me too long to write the whole thing down uh, as a whole sentence. 
um, and I don't want to miss the next thing. So it has to be as brief as possible, just enough to kickstart my memory. Sometimes I fail and I've written something that makes no sense at all. You look back and you think, yeah. I have no idea what that meant. So yeah, moving on, because I don't remember. So That's a 60-day proof there, isn't it, really? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't last 60 minutes, no. <laughs> it depends what mood I'm in. And to be honest, it also, I mean, we've talked about this before. It depends what pen I've got. It depends what notebook I've got. There are certain pens that just lend themselves to certain types of handwriting or designs or doodles and what have you. Like, you know, trying to draw and doodle with a fountain pen is pretty tricky. Yeah. Um, and trying to make fast, copious notes with a fountain pen is also quite yeah. hard. So um, a lot of it depends on that. But usually um, for meetings, I've adopted the Cornell method. Have you heard of that? Yes, I have. Yeah, you see, I've resisted this for years, decades, because it sounded so academic that I was just like, that's not me. Um, it just sounds really complicated. Oh, it's not complicated, but it just sounds like it's a bit too strict. But th this works, you know, you draw a line about two thirds of your way along, typically in my yellow legal pad. And the main sort of topic, the main thing being discussed is all in the, the bigger bit. So, you know, like yourself, I'll list who's there, you know, what we yeah. talked about, what data is, sort of the the taxonomy, so to speak, to be able to find this thing and process it. But over on the right-hand side is an opportunity to write actions or insights or follow-ups or just other things that come to your head, you know, whilst you're in that in that meeting. Yeah. And it allows that separation of here's the topic, here's the things, and then all of the outcomes, the actions and the initiatives and whatever else is coming out. And that separation has been really helpful for me recently, super helpful to be able to see those two separate parts. I'm interested in that separation, whether that would help me or not. I use doodling boxes, circles around things. I use that that mark on a page to separate things out. So I have a really busy page, but there are definite areas that draw your eye. And I wonder if that just that discipline of a line down a page would help. But I feel the rules would be constricting. <laughs> yeah, this is coming from someone who does bullet journaling. <laughs> so it makes no sense does it but yeah. you know i mean there's there's only one rule really as you draw a line down your page but it just looks so academic it looks so sort of uh, scientific <laughs> that i was like that's not going to work but yeah sometimes i'll i'll do mind maps i'm a big fan of mind maps now they they are very effective at sort of getting things out of your head quickly but the problem i have with sort of analog mind maps is you can't move stuff around very easily you can obviously yeah. redraw lines and what have you but it tends to get a bit messy but if i'm thinking something through like you know maybe a new book and there's maybe 20 different chapters and i want to think it through with the content i always go for a digital mind map because i can get that stuff out and then i can move it around and i can copy and paste and i can use the digi digital tools for what they're they're good at but paper ones, I just, I don't know, I, I start them every so often. And then about halfway through, I'm like, you know what, I think a flow diagram or bullet points or anything <laughs> like that would be better. I struggle with digital anything. So if I have to think about, I'm writing a strategy document at the moment, and you'll know from experience, I find these tough. These are not things that just trip off the tongue for me. I will do that electronically because I can move whole paragraphs. I can get it all wrong and it allows me to be really flexible like that. I have never, ever got on well with with mind maps. So mind maps and I, I can make them and then they, they're nothing. It doesn't, I don't feel that that's uh, expanded my brain at all. But I would use post-it notes and that's where I go to for that kind of thing. So it's really interesting that, you know, I suppose post-it notes and a digital mind map are kind of the same thing in many ways. Yeah. Movable and 
I hadn't really thought about it like that before. It just leapt into my head as we were talking. So Very similar, actually. And I think one thing I found with mind maps is people jumped on it. It was like 10 years ago. It was really popular to do mind maps for everything. Every conference you went to, people were making mind, mind maps. And then they all tried to share them. So every blog would have a mind map and Twitter would be full of people's mind maps from conferences. And you could not make head nor tail of these mind maps because yeah. it's, that's exactly what it is. It's a map of one person's mind yeah and they were trying to use them to communicate and i don't think that was a very effective use of them hence they started adding you know numbers you go here first then here then here and it sort of lost its essence of what it was trying to do it's much better to much better to capture things using the mind map and then do the hard work of processing that into something that would resonate with the audience but you know what that's a step too far so i was thinking i was reading this book have you read a book called elements of style no, that's unusual because so, usually you suggest things like, oh, yes, I know that one. Yeah, well, this is basically a book on grammar uh, by William Strunk and E.B. White. It's just basically the universal guide for great grammar. <laughs> and one thing struck me the other day, I was actually reading a chapter to my, to my kid because he's you know learning grammar in English. One of the sort of rules that they call it is to be careful when you use digital tools. Because when you're writing using digital tools, you can flow across the keyboard, you can use more words than you would if you were writing by hand, and therefore it tends to overbloat the writing. And I found the same thing with note-taking, is when I'm using digital tools, I can add all sorts of stuff to it. With the analog tools, you've got to slow down, you've got to think about yeah. it. I think that sort of slowing down is really uh, the art of good note-taking is slow down and capture what you want to capture rather than what you can capture. Yes, I agree. Can I just say bedtimes at your house for the kids must be a blast if you're reading them grammar notebooks. I, um, but... No, this, this wasn't a bedtime reading. No, 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 no. no. Bed, bedtime readings, like, you know, sort of... I was trying to think of some sort of really complicated novel that's like a war and peace or something. It just couldn't come to my head quick enough, but there you go. When I write, the first thing I do is write far too many words. So for me, get the idea out and then edit like crazy because I always write. And I wonder if that is the reason. Because as I was saying earlier, when I'm writing strategy document or something, I like it electronically because I can cut and move and all... All those ideas don't get lost. They're just there and then I can move them around. I always have to edit. I mean, I edit probably a third, if not more, out because it's that yeah. bad. I mean, years ago, I used to take notes. I used to use an ink pen. And as you said, it's not it's not conducive to writing quickly. And even for bullet journaling, I don't anymore. So that, I, I mean, I've got some lovely ink pens that, that I don't use now because they require you to really slow your handwriting down, don't they? So I have mm. just beautiful ones that I love. So I've got, I've got a lovely Mont Blanc one, which is just so cool. It kind of screws, so just getting into the station for a minute. It's really cool. So you have a little, um, you take the top off and you kind of screw it up and it grows. <laughs> Sounds ridiculous. <laughs> and it grows. It's like a travel one. So it goes down to about two thirds its size. Um, cool. and it's really quite cute. Um, which I got given and it was just so nice. But the one I really loved was actually um, a, a Papermate one. Um, and, and the best ones though are the Schaefer. The Schaefer ones with the, uh, yeah. they've got like um, like an embedded nib. I've forgotten what they call them now, but they're just so lovely. So the nib is like all the way in and it's all very sleek and streamlined. Um, just beautiful. Sounds good. So. 
So yeah, go, going back to the point you were making though, actually, I think I might have been Blaise Pascal. I may actually be quoting this wrong, but it was something along the lines of, I would have written you a shorter letter, but I didn't have time. <laughs> That's right. And that was in a days before, you know, electronics and digital tools. And I think it sums it up really is, you know, that writing, you can write so much, but then actually trying to get to the essence of what you're trying to say requires that hard editing, which when you're note taking isn't really a problem um, because, you know, this isn't really stuff for consumption usually by other people. What pens do you use? You've already mentioned you you ink pens yeah. and how you don't use those but what else have we got going on so i've now moved on to the papermate ink joys which i quite like so they're gel pens that are they come in load of funky colors so part of my bullet journaling world rob which is going to make you cringe here is i'm currently on a different colored theme for february for example is blues so i have a dark blue and a light blue and i've got a teal color and each week is a different one so just suck that up and then <laughs> Can laugh I'm, about, I'm tr- about it later, but but uh, the I'm, trying ink- to, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a response that isn't <laughs> going to get a lot of hate from the stationary freaks out there. You did, yeah, just it's just it just makes me happy. So you know, during a pandemic, frankly, I'll take any of it. But the papermate ink joys are really nice because they give you that same ink color density. So and it flows really easily. So you know how when you get ballpoint ballpoint pens or some burrows, even some of the uh, so like they have those friction pens if you've seen them mm. which you can then rub out which is great but when you're writing with those they don't flow on the page so it feels sticky it's it's got constant yeah. drag yeah. and that's really really irritating for me so i i have a lot of pens that i do not use now in a, a drawer in my desk and i actually the ink joy ones i buy in sort of packs of 10 and i have a whole set of different colors which i'm sure will make you happy to play. Oh, that's cool. I, you know, it's good. I'm, I'm just jealous that I can't. I, I just can't. I can't make anything that I write look good, even with colors and flags and stickers and all sorts. But I, I know what you mean about the, the drag factor, because um, one of the pens that I recommend and that I've been using for years is the Pentel Energel 07, for those that really want to know. Um, because it's it never misses a beat. There's There's no drag to it. It just flows. And you can trust it, you know, you can pick it up and it writes on pretty much anything. So you don't have to worry about that. And for me, that's a key part of note taking as well is actually having a, obviously a trusted system, but something that feels right and doesn't drag and doesn't yeah. slow you down. And I think really that's where, you know, stationary freaks uh, come together <laughs> around that sort of And You know, the, the weird thing is, I obviously, I meet a lot of people who aren't stationary freaks that just don't get it. And you're sort of I like, don't... you're trying to explain to them why it makes sense to think about the drag and the pull and you know the ink flow and all that sort of stuff and it's just blank faces you do you get or worse than that is you get that sort of really long stare where you you realize that (laughs) they think you are utterly crazy (laughs) that derisive look isn't it so you're a weirdo you just go this is not your thing no it's fine (laughs) everyone has their thing Um, and one of the other pens that i've been uh using recently actually and i saw this on i think i recommended it to you by whatsapp the other week was this 30 by 40 design workshop this architect based in america and he does some brilliant youtube videos about his stationery as an architect which is fascinating just his process of designing buildings and stuff is wonderful and he recommended sharpie um ultra fine which I've never used before, actually, but I bought a couple and they're incredible. They are yeah. so good. They sound a lot like, so I was using 
before I switched onto the gel pens, I was using the Papermate, and I still do use the Papermate Flare, which is really um, narrow tip top, and it, they're just like uh, felt pens, really, in the old days. Mm. But because they're pointed, they flow just like any other um, felt tip, but because they're narrow, they look like a pen, and you don't end up with like felt tip coloring effectively. But they're quite a dense color, and they bleed through terribly. Then I changed my my journals and it wouldn't be a problem now but i found the ink pen which is just a joy to write with the ink gel so. but i definitely fancy the sharpie ultrafine so i'm going to give those a try yeah they're pretty good but they do bleed through everything so you know <laughs> you have to have like a sheet of cardboard behind the, the page when you're writing on it which uh, ruins it a little bit but feels great you yeah. can only write one sheet of paper to tie one That's side it. you can only write on one sheet of a4 yellow legal pad and you've got to throw the whole thing away but i should also do a quick shout out to uppercase magazine i sent you this as well i followed uppercase magazine for a long time i've never actually ever bought an edition but i bought this one edition i think it was like 48 or something and it's all about stationery and paper goods and it is brilliant so really? um yeah definitely for you i haven't had a look freaks. at that one yet so really good really good anyway uh, I think we got a bit sidetracked there, didn't we? Talking about pens and stationery oh, and that sort see, of stuff. But the rabbit hole, isn't it? Have we covered everything, Helen? You know, we've talked about why we would want to take notes, you know, how we do that and why we actually prefer analog to digital. Yeah. Um, some of the note-taking methods, some of the books and notebooks and pens that we've used. Anything yep. else that you want to throw into the mix? We've covered some of the things that, the problems with note-taking that people usually come across. So the idea of it's really untidy. Um, or it's hard to read or you can't find stuff afterwards so we talked about all of those kind of things so yeah i think we've done really well actually not too bad we're a little bit over on usual usually they're sort of 20 minutes aren't they but we've uh, we've rattled on so helen thank you very much and we just thank want to you. say thank you to we just want to say thank you to our listeners um yes. we've had lots and lots of downloads which is really positive we really weren't expecting people to enjoy this um, <laughs> just me and helen prattling on about stationery uh but it's great and we just want to say thank you so much for downloading it and you know sharing it and subscribing on wherever you're subscribing itunes spotify you name it we're all over it's really you know humbling really to some extent isn't it what do you think it is, it is and somewhat you know it's lovely to think that you know far from being this crazy fringe idea of you know that we're not alone in our stationery freakery Turns out we're not alone. And that in itself is just a joy. So I feel so pleased to not be the crazy one. Indeed. And, and until you're speaking to somebody who gives you that derisive <laughs> look. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? The drag of a pen? Really? Anyway, so thank you, everyone. Um, let us know in the comments what you'd like us to uh, talk about in the future. Uh, hit that like button. Subscribe if you haven't already. And I am very much looking forward to speaking with you, Helen, in the next podcast. Yes. Bye. Take care. Bye.